It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. This is Morbo, the newscaster from Futurama, and you are listening to This Week in Geek with Mike the Birdman Dodd and the rest of the Twig crew. They are my favorite puny humans. And when my race absorbs and destroys yours, I shall not do it to them personally. Did you grow up with the NES PlayStation? Star Wars cartoons and ABC TV? Do you like to think who would win in a fight between Batman and the Master Chief? Comics, games, movies, music, and TV. They're gonna tell you everything you need. Superheroes or nothing got your back They're gonna save the world of geeks Comics, games, movies, music, and TV They're gonna tell you everything you need Superheroes or nothing got your back They're gonna save the world Hello, hello. It's time for another episode. It's been a while, but uh, <laughs> we're keeping on trucking. It's been uh, an interesting last few weeks. As you probably noticed on This Week in Geek, we have moved to really push uh, interviews. It's, you know, with COVID going on, it's been pretty easy actually to get them. So Michael's been on a big kick. I, I haven't really participated in them directly other than engineering them working in the background because with so many i've got to you know wear different hats here uh if there is an interview coming up on something that i'm very well versed in you know i'll probably come in and and either work with michael on it or 
at least maybe even take over a few myself if he doesn't know the material as well as I do, which can happen from time to time. <laughs> but overall, he's really you know been on a uh, RPG slash uh, game makers kick as far as interviews go. We've got a whole bunch more in the works. Uh, I think we've got about three or four more we're recording right now and some more down the line. So you can expect those basically on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And in between, we've been reviewing games here and there. I have a few on the go that are coming out. This weekend, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to be putting out review-wise because I'm still working on uh, the Sakura Wars one that I received as well as I've got Little Town Hero, uh, which came out on the Switch earlier uh, in, in like the last year, but it's coming out on uh, the PlayStation 4 and on the, the uh, Switch physically, but uh, I, I got the Switch version to check out now. Uh, so it's, you know, game way play wise is going to be the same game, but that's something I'm working on probably for next week because it is an RPG. It's going to take a little bit. So for this show, it's sort of a roundup of some extra things that we couldn't quite get on our regular programming, but, uh, I have a couple, uh, releases from, uh, the Criterion collection. I got the Grand Budapest Hotel as well as, uh, the, uh, one of the, Best films of the 1960s. I have The Great Escape uh, for review. Uh, they're sort of in a two for one because they came in at the same time. Uh, we've also got uh, a Star Wars Droids uh, uh, DK Publishing review, I believe, from Michael. Uh, you know, don't 100% quote me on that because he said he's sending it in. I'm not sure exactly if that's the exact book, but he has a lot that he's been reviewing from that company right now. I have. Uh, Stadia's version of Octopath Traveler, which is actually pretty interesting um, on here as well. Uh, and Michael has a game called Squidbit, and he also has uh, Music Racer. And I have uh, SnowRunner, and uh, that's pretty much going to do it, I think, for this show. We don't want to overload it too much. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll sort of do them in rapid-fire succession. You'll have your standard... Uh, little breaks between them here. I'll come back at the end just sort of to close out and give an idea of what we're doing on the upcoming week because as you've noticed, we've had pretty much programming almost every day of the week for the last, ooh, we're talking at least a month right now. So we're hoping to keep that momentum going as it's always fun to keep busy during all of this. And uh, even if you don't listen to it right away, know that it's going to be up there for you to listen to whenever you feel like it. And there's probably going to be some content that you might not have thought you'd be into, but, uh, you know, hey, why not try it right now? <laughs> so without further ado, let's uh, get this show going and uh, start with the first reviews. Basically, you like geeks. Leave me alone, geek boy. Holy shit, you geeks are badass. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, 
you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. I have a couple of the newest releases from the Criterion Collection that they sent over for a review. Uh, they aren't uh, new films by any means, but they are considered American classics that have just been uh, sort of put through the remastering process and scanned in at higher resolutions and whatnot that the Criterion Collection is known for. We have uh, uh, the catalog number 1025 Grand Budapest Hotel and 1027, which is The Great Escape Remastered. Now. Grand Budapest Hotel, I had never seen, but I had friends that were singing its praises since the film originally came out. Uh, it was, you know, a, a Wes Anderson film, and he's known for sort of the eclectic, sort of, best way to put it would be like King of the Indies, <laughs> King of the uh, of the auteurs. Uh, not to be confused with Paul W.S. Anderson, the guy who makes the terrible Resident Evil movies, or my favorite uh, uh, director, one of them at least, uh, Paul uh, Thomas Anderson, who did my favorite movie of all time, which is Boogie Nights. This is the other Anderson that makes fantastic films. <laughs> now, the movie originally came out in 2014, and it's had releases previously on home video, but nothing to this extent of uh, visual fidelity. So the movie uh, is from a new 2K transfer. So basically, they scanned it in at you know full 1080p, full uh, you know full resolution. Uh, it was actually supervised by the director, Wes Anderson, uh, with, uh, it does have the same audio track that was on the previous releases from what I've been, been able to gather. Uh, there is a new audio commentary featuring uh, Anderson and filmmaker uh, uh, Roman Coppola, uh, critic, and a few other people on board, which gives a little more insight into how the film was made, which is worth it because when you have a lot of these kind of, uh, of artsy sort of films, it's nice to have the director sort of guiding you through. Now, there's uh, storyboard schematics. They filled it to the brim with extra features, uh, new uh, essays included, and there's you know little pieces to this uh, sort of cardboard booklet that it comes with. Uh, there is a romantic poetry fold-out sort of poster type thing inside of here. Uh, there is also uh, a you know additional sort of fold-out uh, mural sort of artwork page. And there's a whole booklet. Now, in the booklet itself, uh, it includes, uh, you know, different chapters on the movie, you know, essays, behind-the-scenes photos on a very high-quality cardstock. Uh, I'm really well, like, impressed with this, actually, overall. Now, as far as uh, the movie itself, it's been hailed as one of the classics of all time. I would say it's probably... <sighs> you know, I'm not, you know, saying anything outlandish here to say it's probably my favorite of the director's releases. I used to be sort of hit or miss with him, and the two that I used to cycle in as my favorite of his films 
uh, were Life Aquatic and uh, the Royal Tenenbaums. I used to like the Royal Tenenbaums the most, but it can be kind of a dark movie to get through. Uh, so I would say the Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, you know, really surprised me. And I think it's going to be a staple of my watching probably once or twice a year or when I have somebody new over a family member that hasn't seen it before. It is one of the better looking Blu-rays in my collection for uh, having a very natural color palette that doesn't look blown out or anything. Overall, pretty impressed. As far as The Great Escape goes, I have a different history with that. That's a movie that I had seen bits and pieces of on TV as a kid, you know, on, on cable with my uh, grandparents. And then I eventually picked it up on, I think it was a double VHS collection, because they used to have to split long movies up that way. And I watched it like that in full screen, eventually picking up the DVD, which was really not impressive because fitting three hours or, you know, in some cases, just under three hours or so, I think it is, on a single disc on DVD in, you know, ultra widescreen, really lowered the quality of the picture. It was actually more enjoyable back in the day to watch this on VHS, uh, as long as you're watching it on a decent, you know, tube TV. Now, what we have here is probably going to be the definitive way to watch this unless they eventually come out with like a 4K release because they've gone, completely restored the film, scanned it in at 4K. So there is a 4K master to eventually use in the future. Uh, there's the original uncompressed mono soundtrack as well as a 5.1 uh, soundtrack where they didn't just like spread it to five channels. They actually went in and remastered it completely from the master tapes, which is pretty cool. So I watched it that way because... I'm not a purist in that I have to see things in the original mono, especially if there's a decent surround soundtrack involved. The voices are coming out of the center channel for the most part anyway, but it just gives you a little more ambiance. Now, there's a couple commentaries on here. Uh, they were, I believe, included on the DVD that I had before too, so that's not something you know super new, but it is nice that they included it and they didn't lose it. Uh, there's also a whole bunch of TV documentaries and little snippets here and there of uh, things that were you know, released on television at one point, chronicling the film, included, there isn't like a huge booklet, but there is a fold-out, uh, you know, I'd say four or five panel booklet here that gives uh, a, a a good critique of the film as well as the background on it and some sketches, uh, storyboards, and even a drawing of what the camp looked like, which is pretty cool. Uh, and as far as anything else included on the disc, it's nothing super special except for just how high quality the video is here. They finally went and, you know, fitting a three-hour movie on a dual-layer Blu-ray at maximum quality, you still have space for all these extras on here and you don't compromise anything when it comes to visual quality. So The Great Escape itself was probably one of my favorite older movies and it's one of the ones that holds up where, you know, it's a, it's a prison break movie, probably one of the first big high-profile ones. Uh, if you haven't seen it before, it starts uh, Steve McQueen, James Garner, uh, Richard Attenborough, who most would know for either being a director or for being the grandfather on Jurassic Park. Um, there's also uh, Donald Pleasance, uh, James Coburn, and uh, on top of that, a probably breakout earlier performance from Charles Bronson, right before he became a big leading man himself. This was where he sort of came into his own in, in an ensemble cast. And I always remembered it for being a really good, you know, I consider this a Steve McQueen Bronson movie, even though a lot of people think of it as an ensemble one. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. It's worth the buy, especially if you're a film critic or like film historian, you want to collect the best. But if you're just looking for like, you know, what are, if you're looking for lists of like the 10 best films of the 60s, 
this is actually a contender for being in that. And, you know, I don't say that lightly. Hey guys, Mike the Birdman Dodd here, and I'm here looking at yet another Nintendo Switch game. I'm looking at Music Racer. This game is brought to you by us, sometimes you. And what this game is, well, it's a music racer. Kind of think of it like audio surf, but using a car. Although, if you want to, in-game, you can save up and get things like the DeLorean, the Mad Max car, the Tron Light Cycle, even this weird, cool, neon raven bird thing and like a bunch of like muscle cars or like a coon talk. So basically if if it was popular in the 80s, um, you can have this neon splash dream drive across some of these tracks. Like I said, it's very similar to like audio surf and stuff like that, where you basically go on the track, you collect notes, try and rack up combos. And if you play this game in normal mode, whenever you hit an obstacle, the track will drop out for a second. It'll just go quiet to indicate that you've made a mistake. If you play the game in Zen mode, there are no obstacles and the music doesn't drop out. It's just collect as many notes as you possibly can. Cinematic mode is, think of it kind of like the Winamp visualizer. You would see where the song just plays. You have no control over it and the music just plays. And the hard mode is one hit and you're dead. You can guess how many times I tried playing that one. But what this is, it takes across a, a variety of different tracks. I think it's like 14 or something. Um, there's 25 different cars, as I mentioned. Um, the library, I want to say, is around 20 plus tracks. I want to say I counted more than that, but I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head. But the thing is, I had a lot of fun with this game, even though there's not a whole hell of a lot to it. The Zen mode is just fun, especially when you start, like, with the first five songs, I had a lot of fun with. Um, and then going back to rack up scores, because to unlock some of the cars, it's a little bit expensive. Like, they start at, like, at 5000 bucks. I think, in-game to build up. If I did have one tip to offer you, there's an option to control the camera. Back that camera out as far as you possibly can because sometimes seeing the notes is a little difficult on the track. And that's probably one of the biggest complaints I have about this game. There is no way in hell you could get a perfect score on one of these songs because the things react so fast for you to move across. I think it's like three lanes to get all the notes there's nothing human that moves that quick um so most of the time my combos were fairly small but then again maybe hey who knows maybe i suck um but i did have i did have fun with this game i think it being a visualizer more so than anything is i think kind of cool it would have been neat if the cinematic mode had an option where you could play a few tracks in a row as opposed to going in one at a time, because the tracks are only a couple of minutes long. But it's not to say that that they're not good. There's a couple of really decent ones in there. Um, like, this is actually a, um, a game whose soundtrack I kind of hope shows up on Spotify at some point. But um, the $8.81 asking price <clears throat> on the Canadian uh, Switch store, I don't know whether it's worth it in its current form. If this game drops the 5 bucks. I think it's worth it, but right now it feels like there isn't a lot of reward for what you're doing other than if you're playing this in Zen mode or if you just want to sit back in your chair, hang out and just space out. I, I could imagine this being and 
I, th I think I think it's kind of funny. This would be quite the psychedelic experience to watch uh, the cinematic mode and listen to some of these tracks. And that's all I'm really going to um, expand upon that. Not that I'm encouraging you to, to try it, but I could imagine it could be quite the experience. So um, Music Racer from Sometimes You is an interesting experience. Maybe go check out a trailer on YouTube. See if that's more your vibe or watch for a sale to pop up on the eStore. Those magnificent bastards! Color me kooky, but something very odd is going on around here. You're not allowed to talk anymore. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Just here with a quick game review, and this is, uh, I was going to say Mudrunner, it is not, because I've reviewed that in the past. This is uh, SnowRunner from Focus Home Interactive and Saber Interactive. Uh, as you can tell, it's sort of in the same series of uh, simulator uh, driving, not really racing, you know, driving games where you're sort of picking a job and going from there. The idea behind this is uh, you're going through muddy terrain, uh, snowy, icy terrain, and you're working with real-life physics trying to get a job done. So it's like you're locating uh, what your job is. You get in your vehicle, turn it on. You have to drive to the job, load up, uh, and then manage to get safely without crashing or anything to your eventual job site where you unload. It kind of reminds me of like a much more advanced modern-day cross-country Canada, the game that we all used to play at least up here in Canada, uh, in schools where we didn't realize it was educating you, but you played a truck driver that was loading up your things. You had to calculate your distance, your fuel economy, uh, make sure you use winter uh, tires or, or chains where you could, took them off where you couldn't, tried not to get arrested or, or crash. Uh, and this was in an early 90s Macintosh game. Uh, it's like that, only on steroids, because there is a lot of control in this game I wasn't expecting. You To give you an idea, when you start up your vehicle, 
you have to start up the vehicle, then you have to shift into the correct gear to get moving, and if you're in a muddy terrain, you'll have to shift to a lower gear or all-wheel drive and, you know, back up, move forward. This is not a racing game. This is a simulator. So you are figuring out the best way to actually drive and physically get to where you need to go. Uh, Graphics-wise, pretty impressive. Not like AAA crazy, you know, Forza, Gran Turismo graphics. But as far as the simulator goes, this is actually pretty good. I could see this being used almost as like a training tool for people. Uh, now... Uh, Audio-wise, uh, stereo, nothing really to write home about. Overall, the controls are really tight. It's It could be frustrating at times because you're like, I want to gun the gas and go, but that's not the point of the game. It's about finding the best way to actually physically drive and do it. Uh, I had a pretty good time with it. I could see myself playing a little more. Uh, it you know has a bit of a slow start because there's a bit of a learning curve as you go, but it does have tutorials to keep you, you know moving along at a decent enough pace. Uh, if you're somebody who's looking for uh, a game that's not really you know, your traditional racing car game, but but is more of a, uh, I want to see what it's like to do this kind of job, or maybe this isn't a terrain that I would no- normally drive in. Or if you're somebody like me, um, who actually doesn't drive, this was interesting. <laughs> and I can sort of see how difficult driving a certain terrain could actually be. So, you know, I'm going to give it, you know, a thumbs up as far as the quality of the work. And I would say it's worth giving it, you know, checking it out. Uh, I, you know, I did end up playing this, uh, on home console, but you know it's available pretty much on every platform right now. Uh, you know that that is uh, as far as you know PC uh, and then regular home consoles. I don't believe it's on the Switch, but not a lot of things like this are. Who knows? It might come later on. But uh, I would say, you know, it was an enjoyable experience. I didn't encounter any ma- major issues. And if you're into these simulator type games that they've been putting out, like Mud Runner, Snow Runner is a pretty good ride. Hey guys, Mike the Birdman Dodd here, and I'm here to talk about a game on the Nintendo Switch known as Squidlet. You can pick this game up on the uh, digital store for about $2.51. And what this game is, it's very much in line with the old school Game Boy games you pick up in the late 80s, early 90s on the system. Think of like Kirby in terms of how cute this game is, but it has a distinctly weird sense of humor Um, about it. One person in the game tells you, what's up, my cephalopod? Um, And he speaks to you in, like, jazz hands. It's kind of weird. But a lot of the game has just this weird, quirky sense of humor about it, and it really works. So you play um, a squid trying to free the land from God Emperor. I think his name is Squid Squat or something like that. And you have to travel across a few different levels, fight a bunch of different bosses to get to him and eventually free the land. Um... It's a game that you can beat anywhere. It'll take you like 40, maybe an hour at most. Um, there's no save points, but you get unlimited lives anyways, at least as far as I could tell. I didn't die enough times in my playthrough to really tell you otherwise. But um, what I got was a fairly fun game. Simple. There's just like you jump and you squirt ink on people. Don't jump on people because you'll take damage from your muffin, which is your health meter. You get like three or a bunch of hits. I don't know. It was never totally consistent with me. Like, I remember taking more than one hit off my muffin, but I guess maybe it's the strength of the enemy that's hitting you. Either way, um, it's fun because one time you're flying in, like, a hovercraft. The next one, you're fighting a giant book, which is a really cool fight. Another one, you're fighting, like, a golem. And then another one, you're fighting uh, God Emperor Squid Squad himself. And there are two ways to end that fight. Um, if you want, and there's an option to actually give the guy a hug. And I don't know if it changes if you beat the game the other way, 
but he's like, oh, thanks for that. You're, you're the real homie. And uh, he flies you back to your village via giant slingshot or something similar. Um, the game has just a ridiculous amount of charm to it. And for $2.50 or the price of an extra large coffee or a couple of donuts from Tim Hortons, you're not going to get much better value. I mean, I really had a fun time with this. And the fact that it feels like an old school Game Boy game with the music, the fact that it literally looks like an old school Game Boy game, like it's got that griello uh, sort of color scheme to it, I think only adds to the atmosphere and charm of it. So can I recommend Squidlet on the Nintendo Switch? Absolutely. I think it's a fun game, and for the price of a cup of coffee, you're going to have a lot of fun. This is a fair request, and I promise I will not judge any person only as a teenager, and that this is no more right than saying all teenagers are drunken dope addicts or glue sniffers. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you've been listening to the show for, uh, I guess, the last couple of years, you'll know I'm a pretty big RPG fan, and I got a really big kick out of Octopath Traveler when it hit Switch, and uh, was amazed with what they could do visually on the Switch itself, because as we know, the Switch really isn't a super powerful device. It's basically a Google Pixel C with one extra gig of RAM that doesn't even output to uh, you know higher resolutions like that device does, so... It's kind of off-the-shelf parts from five years ago that they happened to use for a system. They just found a way to optimize it. Well, Square Enix uh, gave me the opportunity now. They sent over a copy uh, of the uh, Octopath Traveler re-release uh, on the, the Stadia, of all things. <laughs> now, because we've been you know, covering some of the Stadia releases for 
uh, when Ubisoft has offered codes and a couple other companies as well, I said, hey, why not? Let's check it out. Well, this was the time where I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's see how this works. And overall, I was actually pretty impressed. It is uh, basically the identical game. Like, there's no degrading quality or anything. It's actually, I would say, visually better. Like, it does output 1080p on my computer. Uh, using it on uh, Stadia on the uh, the Chromecast Ultra, I'm actually getting 4K out of it, and there's no lag. I mean, it is a turn-based RPG, so it kind of benefits the most out of any style of game, short of maybe playing a card game or something. But I was really impressed. The, the particle effects, uh, the textures, the layers, even the fonts and the text that they use on it, everything is actually better quality than on the Switch. This is actually one of the few prime examples that you can give where it's actually better to play it on Stadia than the original platform. And I, I'm like, I'm going to stake you know, everything on it. And I'm not talking just from a loading thing because when we were playing the Ubisoft titles, you could see that the visuals weren't quite there. They were always like, you know, 1080p high settings versus, you know, ultra, even if you're playing it at 4K. This is like if you took the Switch game amped it to 4k turned on all the visual effects and it plays smoothly like there's no issues at all loading was never an issue on that game in the first place so there's no added load times it's a little faster actually to load up a save and move around and load up a new area uh visually i found no artifacting no compression issues uh no ghosting no input lag it just seems to work exactly as intended this might be a path for a lot of jrpgs to move to for somebody who maybe doesn't have uh, the best, you know, gaming system out there in the world, or can't afford, uh, you know, a, a you know, next PlayStation right away. It may be something where you're like, hey, there's a new Square Enix title coming, and I can't afford the system yet, but I can afford the game. Maybe I'll just get it on Stadia, because <laughs> once you get it, you don't have to pay a monthly fee or anything. Uh, that's one thing that Google Stadia has changed: is if you buy a game, you keep it forever. You just you just play it, and it works. So. Uh, you know, it worked in surround sound right off the bat for me. Uh, I didn't check if it did HDR because I played it on 4K uh, in my bedroom, which doesn't have HDR. And I played the PC version on a PC that doesn't have HDR. But uh, I wouldn't expect that it does because I don't think it has that on the PC Steam version either. But regardless, uh, I ended up playing about 20 hours into it because, you know, I played the game. There's no different as far as, you know, how the, the story is. So there's no point in reviewing that anymore. It's just sort of how does it actually perform? And overall, it's actually better than it is on Switch. Uh, so, you know, if you haven't played it before or you want to play it, uh, you know, on in your bedroom or on your phone, if you happen to have a Pixel phone, sure, go ahead, try it out that way. If you haven't played it at all, this may be the way to go if you don't want to play it on Nintendo Switch. So I really hope that this is sort of the beginning of what we see shifting as far as games coming to the platform because... Uh, there is no issue playing a turn-based game uh, on on Stadia at all. The ecosystem works perfect, especially for this, you know, highly stylized diorama, you know, atmospheric-affected game.
Hey guys, Mike the Birdman Dodd here, and we are looking at Star Wars Extraordinary Droids coming to us from DK Publishing. This book retails for about $16.99 US or $21.99 Canadian. Uh, this book features more than 50 droids from across the Star Wars franchise, beginning in the prequel trilogy, going through to the OT, the new movies, Rogue One, um, Solo, Clone Wars Resistance. I'm pretty sure I haven't missed anything in there. Uh, it doesn't include anything from The Mandalorian because I'm pretty sure this book was already at the printers when the show was airing, so I guess I didn't want to include spoilers or whatever have you. Um, so this book is actually a pretty big collection of droids from across the Star Wars franchise, including things like uh, server droids and waiter droids, uh, things that may work in like things like mining or or um, other jobs like medical stuff. They also do give uh, some droid characters um, a highlight in here, like Forlom, who is the partner to Zuckus, who, if you remember him, was one of the droid bounty hunters in The Empire Strikes Back. They also show IG-88. Though, um, one thing to note about that entry in particular is they don't give as much background as I would have liked them to, simply because I did read Tales of the Bounty Hunters back uh in the 90s, so I guess that's maybe even Star Wars Legends material. Now, I don't know whether it's still canon anymore, uh, how he was created as an assassin droid uh, by, I think it was Hollow One Laboratories, and then the droid went rogue. He had four companion brothers at one point, and he's the only one left. Um, but again, I don't know. That entry in particular, also the picture of IG-88 is particularly low resolution. You can't make out a lot of detail in it, not as much as I would like anyway. Though some of the other pictures are wonderfully detailed. You get to see a lot of the little um, details, uh, such as like the mouse droid, you notice the little uh, stacks on top of it have little places for messages. Um, some of the droids that are more human, uh, you can see, I guess, where the actor would wear the glove, uh, where they can articulate their fingers. Or maybe, uh, this is something, it's small, but I noticed it on the battle droid. The ones you'd see in, like, Star Wars, um, Clone Wars, or through the prequel trilogy, the standard battle droid, where it pulls out its blaster rifle. You see where it folds in to its back armor, and it's imprinted enough where the blaster shouldn't shake loose if the droid was running, or it's a place where it stows the weapon. That's a little detail I really appreciated here, but it also gave uh, some Clone Wars characters a little bit of a highlight there. Evidently, there's a droid who's lived for like a thousand years who teaches Jedi how to build their weapons. I haven't seen that much Clone Wars, so I think that's kind of cool just to know that a character like this exists. It also highlights a number of characters from the new uh, trilogy, like uh, BB-8, of course, gets a highlight, Dio from The Rise of Skywalker, but there's also a surprising amount of female droids. Like, I didn't know uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's R4 droid from Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. I didn't know that was a girl, and there is a surprising diversity uh, among the droids here. I also didn't realize that uh, EV-9, which is the droid master from uh, Jabba's Palace in Return of the Jedi, I thought that was a guy for the longest time. Evidently, that's a woman droid. Um, 
but I also may be remembering that wrong from Tales from Jabba's Palace. Again, this is potentially in Star Wars Legends material, so maybe things have been recanonized since then. But the book does have some really nice pictures and some really nice artwork uh, in it if you want to um, have it as a visual resource. Um, if you're a big Star Wars fan, you know a lot of these things, but it does give uh, some little background here like this droid likes to be painted yellow because you don't want to get in their way so he knows so he knows that you know that he's coming and you need to get the hell out of the way um or it may say hey if you hit their photoreceptor the droid will shut down or this droid carries a lot of weapons and stuff like that so it is pretty in universe it is written at a lower kind of reading level it doesn't offer like say the technical manual levels of detail um, if you have a family member or a Star Wars fan who's definitely maybe not as much of a nerd as I am, I could recommend it for that. Maybe for the more serious Star Wars enthusiast. Um, some of the photos here are kind of nice just when you get the up close. Like I didn't realize um, R5 or Red from Star Wars, the original one. I didn't realize he was basically just a repainted R2 with a few things on there. Also, another thing I noticed, I can't remember what droid it was. Maybe it was 21B, which is the medical droid. Um, I'm pretty sure that's a Sure 55 microphone as its mouthpiece. Not 100% sure on that, but it's nice looking at some of the droid um, pictures up close and realizing how they built these things. I mean, it's pretty obvious if you've been a fan of Twig for the last 13 years, I'm a big prop guy. So it's neat to see that uh, taken into account. So ultimately, Star Wars Extraordinary Droids, I think it's worth it for the younger fans of Star Wars or people that aren't necessarily hunting for that deep, authentic lore. But if someone is a casual fan and wants to know more about the robotic or droid partners of the universe or the galaxy, if you will, I think this is a pretty nice companion piece to a Star Wars collection. Do you have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. All that thought, it's crapper time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And that's just going to do it for this show. So I said I would talk about what's coming up on our programming. Uh, I believe we have tomorrow 
uh, is the new Nerd to the Third episode that Birdman was a part of. Uh, that's sort of his become his second crew, if you will. Uh, which, if you look at our programming for the last little bit, here's sort of the lowdown of what to expect because we don't always post. You know, here's our exact schedule. But uh, Monday mornings at 7 a.m., you get uh, the regular Twig flagship show, uh, which is you know our our regular catch up. What's what are you up to? You know, what are the, the tech news, weird news, and three of our more premier reviews. Uh, sometimes we'll throw a different segment like an interview in there, but, you know, not right now. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, uh, we are posting different interviews that are new that we've done with different people in the, you know, the creative nerdverse out there. Uh, Wednesdays, we're reserving for if we have uh, a sort of syndicated show or a special so uh either uh, something that we've done with one of our partners like the geekcast radio network or something that uh, we've done perhaps with uh if there's a special that's with somebody that we've been a part of let's say we were in- interviewed by somebody else that's where that's going or if we have an episode of the prototype it goes out on wednesdays so that's sort of our you know, multi, you know, weekly shot sort of things. Friday, uh, if we have an extra prototype or special news, uh, we'll put it out on Fridays. Fridays will also be the slot where if we have a Turtle Treasure episode, that's where we're going to put it, 7 a.m., same deal. We sort of put it out there so that it's ready. Um, and then Saturdays is our catch-up day where we throw out uh, any other syndicated shows that uh, either didn't air or make it to air for uh, the, uh, like, either the Friday or the Wednesday slot. And then Sundays are generally a day off unless there's breaking news or once a month, uh, Sundays is where we're going to be putting our Sunday funnies, which is, uh, our new comic book show. We've, you know, had one already come out. We're recording them once a month. The idea is to have it the first weekend of the month. And then maybe the second or third week of the month, we might throw in, uh, we're working on an anime show, but that might get slotted to another day like Wednesday as a regular, but, Basically, Sundays are mostly a day off unless you see something special. So it's pretty much every day of the week we have at least something for you to listen to now, which is pretty cool. Uh, As far as things coming up, I am finally, I keep saying it, but I am finally putting together the Twig After Dark. We had a couple episodes we recorded before all this pandemic stuff happened, and it's just been a matter of trying to get the right music, trying to get the right uh, little, little intro thing put together for it, little elements. And I do plan on finally getting that done. I'm just not sure when it's going to launch, but that might be a Sunday release because, you know, nothing says wholesome Sunday <laughs> uh, like reviewing a porno movie. <laughs> now, again, we aren't actually reviewing the porno aspect of it. The idea is to talk about the movie without any of the sex in it. And believe you me, that takes some creative editing, creative chapter jumping, <laughs> just to only watch the film of it. Uh, as far as anything else coming up directly on the site, uh, what do we have here? I'm going to pull it up right now live, and I'm not even going to edit it, because screw that, I am tired, and I don't want to right now. So I'm going to go to our schedule of what I've got ready to go, because I've been trying to keep on top of things and make sure that I actually have episodes edited uh with the postings ready to go on our podcatching network as well as our website so they're synced up and ready to release uh so tomorrow we have nerd the third uh how are we staying sane in quarantine coming out uh we've also have scheduled already for next tuesday uh we have michael's recent interview 
with uh, Bill Slavisek, who was the main writer for the Star Wars West End Games books, Michael's favorite uh, tabletop RPG of all time. And there's sort of an in-depth discussion on what went on there. Uh, I know Michael's currently working on editing uh, an interview uh, for the creation of the Arcade Spirits game that he's got, he's working on. His review should be coming on this week's show as well. So that the the review will come out on Monday uh, on the show, and the interview will come out on Thursday. It's just a matter of editing and putting that together. Uh, as far as a sneak peek, uh, I'm going to let let some information go that he might not be so happy about, but I don't care because <laughs> as long as things don't fall through as far as the interview goes, because until we actually record it. You know, it's nothing is final, but we have an interview with, let me see here. How many do we have in the can? We have one more we're recording tomorrow. Do, 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 do. We have an interview that we're recording next week uh, for the Alien RPG. Uh, we have a Harry Potter-esque interview as well that we're going to be recording, as well as one for the Fallout RPG. And as this is uh, a more recent development, but it depends on how things go. But the idea is we should be, you know, again, don't, you know, knock on wood, don't hold me to it. We should be recording an interview next week with uh, the head of the asylum, the CEO, you know, the the people that make the Sharknado movies. Uh, So that's something on the horizon there. We're going to be recording a prototype on... Uh, game collections, basically how we started, what was our game collection like when we started, uh, what uh, our collection and gaming looks like now, and where do we see ourselves collecting in the future. I think we're going to have wildly different uh, responses to this because we're going to have Billy on, uh, who is the main host of Nerd to the Third, and it's sort of going to be a comparison of our three collecting and gaming styles and where our histories are with it. So that expect that to be interesting because I think we have wildly different backgrounds. Now, we are also going to be uh, recording sometime this month a uh, a new anime style show similar to the comic book one where we sort of riff on anime. And there's a few different hosts that we're in the process of figuring out how that's going to work. Uh, and then uh, we are going to be, if there's more news related things coming to, uh, you know, the, the summer game fest that's coming up, you know, it's been going on. We already had the first inside Xbox gaming presentation if there starts to be more on a regular basis, we'll have more prototypes to sort of discuss that as we go. Otherwise, expect that to be in the regular news section of the show. Uh, and then this coming week, we're recording the next episode of Twig uh, Sunday Funnies Comics episodes. So we're keeping very, very busy this way. And there's probably more uh, interviews coming down the pike in the future. So that's just sort of a sample of what's going on right now. And uh, for the most part, Birdman is editing uh, the shows I'm doing the audio leveling. There has been some question about, you know, some areas where we sound like we've been slowed down or pitched down. That is not anything we're doing. Uh, that's actually a side effect of Discord and basically all of the internet being bogged down and slowed down. Uh, we I've even tried recording through Skype, which I hate because of the quality uh, and most other methods. And it's doing the same thing. Uh, it's And I've done it for multiple computers, multiple uh multiple microphones different locations even which, and it does the same thing it's just sort of what's happening right now when the servers get bogged down it's like the the call recorder is like struggling with the bandwidth or something to that extent uh, it doesn't happen all the time but it happens occasionally uh it won't happen here because i'm recording everything completely local but 
it it will uh, might happen here and there. I can't do anything about it. I think it's funny when occasionally we sound like like drunk robots, which is kind of cool. Anyway, that should alleviate once the server congestion starts to go down, and I think it's starting to. We I've noticed it happening less and less now. So Michael's at doing editing of those uh, for any things like Turtle Treasure or other. Uh, specialty podcast i'll be doing the editing for just like this one so if you're somebody who likes sometimes having weird stuff added to the end or the beginning or uh you know clips that might be a little out there uh you know that's probably me doing it mike sometimes puts a, a blooper on but uh i'm the one that's not afraid to put something on that's a little bit more crass <laughs> so uh keep an eye out for that there's gonna be a little more variety because i'm coming back to editing a lot more it's just i was recording and engineering so many of them that it was too much for me to do and mike said he would take the reins for a lot of that uh we are also as a final note working uh heavily on a new website uh we have our, our friend steve at uh, the geekcast radio network to, uh, to thank he's been the webmaster for a while and he's been putting together some new designs for the actual uh like our branding because i it was a cool branding when we had it back in the day and there's been sort of little updates here and there, but the Superman symbol isn't going to fly. Uh, <laughs> it's funny saying that, but it isn't going to fly in the future because to brand yourself as something, we want to make sure that it's not anything that is traceable to any other brand. That's not what we want. Uh, and it was, we just want something that's cleaner, a little more funky, a little retro inspired. So we've got some pretty cool ideas coming down the pike that way. Uh, the website, which is starting to get a little bloated and long in the tooth as far as design and a little bland when it comes to how we post things, that is going to be changing. We're having a new site putting together as well. Uh, these things take time and money, and we don't have a, we have t- plenty of time. <laughs> we don't have a ton of money, so uh, this is still an endeavor that we do completely free. We don't get paid for it. Even the ad revenue that pops up for uh, when you listen to it, and if you get an ad popping in there, that's not something we get paid directly for. That actually helps pay. Uh, to, for us to host the website and to host the actual podcast itself uh, because that stuff's not free and if we're not making money off of it we can't do much with it yeah we get free stuff to review now and then uh, but that's you know that's something that doesn't ter- translate into money <laughs> we are primarily uh, I don't know if if I'm right saying this but we're primarily uh, you know run by people on disability because we have different disabilities for some form or another and uh, you know, this is a passion project so that we can keep active and keep contributing and try to do the best we can. So, you know, I'm not trying to sound like a sob story or anything, but that's just sort of why the site, we've been trying to get this going for about a year, why it's taking so long. But things are finally moving now that uh, uh, it, it's time to really start pushing for a new design for the site. Uh, the idea will be that we'll have, it won't just be branded as Michael, because previously for the last better part of 10 years it's been mostly michael since the rest of the crew sort of disbanded and he hobbled together different hosts here and there until i came in to bring in some stability so the idea is we'll have our own avatars like our own descriptions that we'll have that we can use on multiple platforms maybe it'll be pixel art maybe something different uh the brand itself won't be the superman brand it'll be uh a sort of retro inspired but futuristic pixel arty cartoony uh, all-encompassing This Week in Geek logo. We, we're we thinking of that we might have a mascot. If we do, it'll be a cat or something like that. You know, just, you know, Geeky the Cat or something stupid. <laughs> but the idea is to make it sort of a universal brand and it's not branded around one person. Uh, and that's not, you know, because, you know, Mike isn't amazing. It's because we Mike talked to me and he's like, 
Twigs really isn't just me anymore. It's you and this other co-host. So let's get something a little more universal. So that's what we're going for. Uh, and that's the idea is the goal is, you know, knock on wood to be ready to launch for Canada day, uh, 4th of July weekend sort of thing too. Uh, and just sort of have a nice fresh coat of paint, have the website be less bloated, easier to navigate. I've already got new, a new host completely. That's faster, more reliable, uh, the servers are located in Canada versus abroad, so it's just a little easier to use that way. We're also switching some of our back-end stuff to um, to emails and everything are going to be routed through Google, uh, through their G Suite services, instead of using the built-in one to your host, where if it's tied to your host, you can have trouble. There's limited sizes of mailboxes. We've had to purge emails, back them up, all this we all have 30 gigs of email space now. <laughs> so there's there's lots of little things that I've been doing in the back end to get this up and running that uh, you wouldn't necessarily see, but that has made our lives a lot easier. <laughs> and it's going to be, continue to make things easier in the future and easier in, and as we grow our audience because you know things have been flow and it's time to really make sure we have a steady, good, modern website and web presence going and, uh, you know, I've bored everybody to death, so that's all I'm going to talk about for that. That's just sort of, you know, pulling the curtain back and seeing what we are actually doing because we're not, you know, just playing games all day. We're actually doing some business stuff in the background as well. So uh, that's going to do it for the show. And I guess the next time you're probably going to hear from me is on Monday's uh, regular Twig This Week in Geek flagship show where we'll talk about something probably ridiculous and stupid. <laughs> and I'll probably say something that we have to edit out again because that's happened so many times. Well, that's our show. All right, here's the deal. Every time you watch my show, I will send you $40. Checks will not be honored. You've been listening to This Week in Geek, your source for guaranteed nonsense or your money back. Tune in next week for more info on the most important things you didn't need to know. Check out our website at thisweekingeek.net and subscribe to our podcast through iTunes or any podcatcher. If you'd like to comment on this episode, head over to this episode's post at thisweekingeek.net and leave a comment through Facebook Connect. Follow us on Twitter at thisweekingeek.net and follow our Instagram at twig underscore official underscore podcast. Social media not your thing? Send us an email at feedback at thisweekingeek.net. We'll see you next time, and remember... Lower your shields and surrender your listenership. Just when you think this show is terrible, something wonderful happens. What? It ends. <laughs> I have to go. Somewhere there is a crime happening. Tickets, please. Dude, I'm sure you've got, like, so many tickets at this point. Jesus, the tickets, please guy is cut. He, he's, he's got those things. What do you call them? The, um, cum gutters. Morty gross. That's what people call them. Gross people. I don't want to have to picture cum so watery in such volumes that, hey, 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 stay back. Fucking A, bring on the bitches. Give you all of it, baby. Oh, God. Because I'm so badly wanting it. That chick frosted me like it was a fucking cake. I'm Simon. I'm 26, and I'd suck your dad's dick just to get a taste of what you're made of. <coughs> hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.